You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show Wednesday edition. Usually we wait until Fridays to make our picks, but with the holidays, there's no Friday show this week. So Matt and I will be making our six-pack of picks where we've been taking on the Action Network all season long, and we'll preview all of the Sunday games on today's show. And then tomorrow, Chris Raybon of the Action Network will join us, and he'll make his six-pack of best bets for the regular season finale, Week 17. This season has been extremely, excruciatingly different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. At BD Peacock on Twitter is where you can find me, Matt Williamson, at Williamson NFL. We've got a ton of games, Matt, so we're going to have to roll through these, and I guess we'll start with our six-pack. If I'm not mistaken, you went first last week, so I will take first dibs if that's all right with you. Yeah, do it. All these lines we'll be looking at today, courtesy of betonline.ag. Crazy odd week, too, in week 17. We're going to have a ton of no-name starters out there, potentially with a lot of games. And it's going to be tough because we don't know exactly who's going to start at quarterback in some of these games. But one game, it's looking like Josh Allen is not going to start for the Buffalo Bills, yet they are still favored by one over the Dolphins. I've been riding the Dolphins all year. Uh, they still won last week, but let me down by a couple of points. That's okay. I'm still on that Brian Flores bandwagon, whether it's Tua, whether it's Fitz, where, whether it's a little bit of both. Give me the Dolphins in that one point over the Matt Barkley-led Buffalo Bills. I think Josh Allen makes a massive difference on that team. Oh, I, that one jumped off the page to me, too. I mean, I thought Miami should clearly be favored. They need this game extremely badly. They have a very good defense. I mean, it's the the, the best scoring defense in the league, and it hasn't been exactly official. I think you mentioned you, know, you mentioned Allen, but the Steelers aren't going to play anybody. The Bills shouldn't play anybody, and they could just lose and still get the two. And frankly, the difference between the two and the three isn't enough for me to sit people anyway. You know, to play people versus sitting them anyway. So I would think like Tredavis White and Diggs and a lot of those guys will it'll come out as the week goes on won't be playing and I'm not saying Miami's going to roll them because I don't think their offense is capable of blowing people out and you mentioned I'm not even sure who their quarterback's going to be maybe both but they have more to play for they're a quality team and I really respect that that Dolphins defense absolutely yep and uh, that one definitely jumped out to me maybe it was because. People aren't sure exactly, and, and they want to be sure before that line changes. So get in before yeah. it changes, because Josh Allen is, is likely unlikely to start at quarterback. If he does start at quarterback, that definitely changed things for me, and, and which is the case with a lot of these games. Uh, who's your first pick in the, the Sunday six-pack in Week 17? Surprisingly, Week 17 obviously is a very difficult one to prognosticate and to bet. But I have a lot here that I kind of like, and I'm going to go with... Dallas minus three against the Giants. I just think they're playing way better than the Giants. I know it wasn't against the powerhouse offense, but Dalton played well. Their weapons really showed up. I thought Zeke looked the best he has all year. The Giants used to stop the run. Now they really don't. They've been on the field an awful lot this year. I don't have a lot of faith in the Giants 
offense. You know, Daniel Jones the last couple of weeks has been in and out of the lineup and sputtering a little bit, and they're kind of, kind of low on weaponry right now, although I don't really trust the Dallas D either. I'll lay the three here, and both these teams are going to go all out. The winner for at least an hour or two will be atop the NFC East and rooting against Washington. I mean, we are really seeing eye-to-eye today, Matt. And oh, right. This was my second favorite game of the week after the Dolphins one was the Cowboys minus three over the Giants. They're just playing much better. They've shown that offensive firepower off the last couple weeks. Defense playing just enough better, which is plenty, I think, against that Giants offense. So, yeah, give me give me the Cowboys for sure. And uh, it'll be up to that Washington football team to hold serve and win to get into the playoffs and keep the Cowboys out if they do beat the Giants. Okay, I am going to go to the top of the NFC where the Packers still have to win a game to clinch that one seed in the playoffs. They're taking on the Bears, who are also fighting for a playoff spot. It's going to be a fun game this week. The Packers are giving up five and a half points. Uh, I, the Packers have, I mean, the Bears have played better recently. I, I will give them that, and they do have something to play for here, but they're going up against the Packers this week. Um, I, I think the Packers have a chance to beat up on the Bears in Chicago. Give me the Packers. I'll give up that five and a half. If it was six or seven, it'd be more difficult, especially if it was seven or more, which I think is where this line should be, five and a half. Give me the Packers. They win the one seed, beat the Bears, uh, like they have so many times in the last decade or so in the NFC North. Yeah, also on my list, they were, (laughs) again, we are thinking the same way. For everything you just said, like I, I think the Bears' offense has come a really long way. Bill Lazor took over the offensive play calling and offensive coordinator duties about a month ago, and it has been dramatically better. We've seen a lot more double tight end sets. Cole Komet's, you know, starting to get more involved and find his, you know, legs at this level. They're getting the ball in Montgomery and Robinson's hands a lot. But if you look at the defense that Chicago played over that stretch. It's bad. I mean, they they really had an easy slate, and I don't think that offense can keep up with the way Rodgers is playing and who's going to cover Devontae. And I like the Bears' D, but it's not what it was early in the year. This seems like an eight- or nine-point line to me. Yep, Bears have played good enough to make this line close enough to make some money on the Packers' side for sure. That's what it's looking like yeah, to me. Yeah. So, All right, three down, three to go. Uh, what is your second pick in your half of the six-pack, Matt, in the Week 17? I guess I'll keep it still in the NFC East. And I mentioned I like Dallas to uh, take the NFC East crown for an hour or two. And then I think they're going to watch it go down the drain as Washington uh, beats the Eagles. And I know Hertz has played, he's given this team a spark, but he's put the ball in harm's way a lot and has kind of gotten away with it. And I don't know that this defensive line is anything like he's seen before. You know, I mean, this is going to be an eye opening experience for, uh, a team that needs it bad. And this is maybe playing a hunch. And I think you're going to see Alex Smith. I think you're going to see Gibson. I think you'll see McLaurin. Gibson was back last week. But I think you'll see the full array of what Washington can do on offense. And, you know, Fletcher Cox was banged up last week. Like, why play him if you're the Eagles? Or I bet there's five other dudes that have been nursing things that when it comes to game time, they just say, eh, no, we'll just set them down. And I hope the Cowboys do win that early game so that way right. this Washington game means something in the PM slate and it's looking like Alex Smith will get the start and it won't be uh, what Taylor Heineke would be the other guy. That would be the other playing. option, right. So uh, hopefully for Washington that is the case. 
and I think it will be him. Uh, and you know, who knows if if the other game goes another way with the and the the and the Washington team can get in without having to play this game, which I think, well, I guess that would mean. The I'm Giants. not sure that's how it's set up. I think whoever wins, yeah, Dallas you know what, Giants. Because the Giants then would I think be the tied. Still have a shot. Okay, yeah, because the Giants would be tied, and then there'd be another tiebreaker. Yeah, so I think the Washington football team's gonna have to be playing for something, no matter what Sunday night. Okay, so yes, that's good. Yes. Yeah, and and the Eagles don't have much to play for. Does that make them play loose and free? We'll see how the rookie quarterback does against that Washington defensive line. It's only two points. Uh, Washington is just the better team right now and playing better. So uh, I'm with you. Uh, maybe wouldn't make my six pack, but uh, I think I would definitely lean toward the Washington side. Ooh, my last selection is difficult here. Um, I kind of want to go to this Cardinals-Rams game because we already know it's John Wolford playing for the Rams. I think the Cardinals are going to do whatever they can to make sure it's not Chris Streveler starting at quarterback for them, and it is Kyler Murray playing quarterback. Whatever you have to do to tape up Kyler Murray, they're playing. They're trying to play their way into the playoffs right now, and they need to win this game, and they need the Packers to win, uh, and they're only favored by one point. I don't care how banged up Kyler Murray is if he plays. Uh, give me the Cardinals here, and I'll give up that one point in L.A. against the Rams. I think Wednesday, when we're recording this, he at least went out on the field and did something in practice, Kyler. That's a good um, sign. I, I hear you. I mean, they're desperate, and you got to give Arizona the quarterback advantage if he can at least crawl out onto the field. I'm going to take the Rams, though. I, I don't like the way Kingsbury's teams have been looking – They've been very predictable on offense. Ramsey on Hopkins. I don't think they'll get Donald blocked. The Rams need this game too. I mean, they win, they're in. Um, I just, I'm, I'm going to trust McVay. I mean, basically, all I'm coming down to is defensive star power on the Rams and McVay, who isn't going to have Cooper Cup, isn't going to have Goff, isn't going to have Henderson, and probably won't have Acres. But I'm still taking the Rams. That, that's interesting yeah and uh there's <laughs> there's some rams fans out there that are drinking the kool-aid on john wolf wolford too uh, aaf oh. guy and they're like hey finally he's gonna be better than goff anyway and he'll just run the system thing that and this will be all sean mcveigh so there is that thought i don't know if i'm in that the new kurt warner right yeah exactly i don't know if i'm in that boat uh I, i'm definitely waiting to see you when it comes to john wolford there in la so give me the cards all right let's finish it up the sunday six-pack for week 17 our last six-pack matt and your last pick of our last six-pack is i got the baltimore birdies just blowing out the Bengals. And having guys like Lamar and Humphrey and Andrews watching the whole fourth quarter and kicking back because uh, I'm not I, I know that Cincinnati's won two in a row, but I don't like their defense at all against this running game. I mean, at all. I think that Baltimore might run for 300 yards in this game, and I know the offense played reasonably well, but it was all short passing and. You know, I think Higgins gets Humphrey and they blitz like crazy and the Ravens are rolling. I think they win this game by 20. And where's this line at currently on bet online minus? I'm looking at 13. 13. Okay. Yeah, that's a lot of points. Um, I, <laughs> I, I probably would not touch this game because of how many points it is. There's another game like that on the slate where. Um, the, the Colts are favored by 14 over the Jaguars, which worries me a little bit, even though yeah. I understand why the line has to be as big as it is, because obviously you have to pick those teams to win. But uh, it's a lot of points. Um, but, you know, if you had to pick a side, I, I guess you have to pick the Ravens side of this game to, to blow out those Bengals, even though the Bengals have been, man, the Bengals have been spunky recently. 
not yeah. only covering but winning games outright. So, um, and and maybe this game a few weeks ago would have been more like fourteen or, or seventeen points, but maybe that's why it's a little bit, um, a little bit lower and less than two touchdowns. But uh, th- this is a tough one for me. I'll take the Ravens. Eh, no, no, I'm not. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to. I'm going to take all those points and take the Bengals in this one. How about that? Just for yeah. Fun. You mentioned Colts Jags, which is probably a similar situation in that the Jags, the Bengals, those type of teams, they're not going to pull anybody. I mean, they're going to play as hard as they can and lose most likely, but they certainly have a chance to backdoor cover while Rivers, Jonathan Taylor, Lamar Jackson, Marlon Humphrey are all wait, you know, hanging on the sideline, getting ready for next week. Absolutely. Okay, some playoff scenarios coming up. More games to get to from Week 17 on Peacock and Williamson. When you're gearing up for game day, it's fun to be like, oh, what are we going to have today? Do we want to cook something up or do, no, nah, we want to have somebody bring food to us. Whether you want pizza or Chinese or even something for dessert, there's something for everyone on DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you food, your craving, right now, right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open up the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Many of your local restaurants are still open for delivery. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local restaurant, and your food will be left at your door. Right now, our listeners get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code Locked On. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code Locked On. Don't forget that's code Locked On for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Okay, a real quick peek at some playoff scenarios before we talk about the Saints and Seahawks games. So, Packers currently a game up at 12-3 and three in the top seat in the NFC. The Saints and Seahawks are 2-3, and three, and they've all clinched their divisions. And the Saints and Seahawks are both 11-4. and four. Now, the Saints based on win percentage in conference games, has the tiebreaker over the Seahawks. But the Seahawks would have the tiebreaker over the Packers if the Packers lose and the Seahawks win. That would mean that the Seahawks are undefeated in common opponents with the Green Bay Packers. So Hmm. the Saints could get two or three, so they have to win to stay at two. The Seahawks have to win and the Packers lose, then the Seahawks would go to one. So the Packers can't get overtaken by the Saints, but they can get overtaken by the Seahawks, if that makes sense. So that's what's going on at the top of the NBC for for the one seed. So looking at those games, Matt, let's start with the New Orleans Saints. And they are real quick. If you're the Saints, would you why would you play anyone? (sighs) The best best thing, best case scenario is your two, worst case scenario three, Michael Thomas and Breeze and Kamara. I would rest all those guys, and yeah, that hasn't I mean, come out yet on I, Wednesday. I think for the Saints specifically, you would so much rather be playing in the Dome, right, in any extra uh, games that you can, yeah. rather than going to Still Seattle. Don't go to Green Bay. Yeah, I mean, so, but I, I get your point, Seattle too. Either. I mean, Second I get your round. point, too. We just talked about it on the AFC with the Steelers and the Bills. I mean, home field advantage is not what it used to be. It's way more important to have Thomas and Breeze healthy. And your backup yeah. quarterback situation is better than the backup quarterback situation with a lot yeah. of these teams we're talking about, too. So it's not like you're just giving you up. If the Saints are, a half. Or, right. You know, right. With Breeze's age. Wow. I mean, I'm with you. I think it would. I, I think I would sit Breeze for sure. And Thomas, at least those two guys, maybe even Kamara at that point. I mean, but it, because that's more important. Their health is more important still than that one 
potential home game you could gain. I think so. But you have a great point about them being a dome team. You know, right. the, the crowd, like to me, Pittsburgh versus Buffalo. Oh, well, you know, it's not a far road trip. They're both similar weather. No one in the stands. I'm not going to sit. I'm not going to risk Allen or Ben or whoever for that advantage. But maybe with the Saints. And one thing I just want to touch on for people is this just seems like all I've been talking about on my Steelers show because they're playing the Browns and it doesn't really matter in week 17. Who to rest and how to rest isn't as easy as people think. Like, it's not like you have a college roster of 90 that you can just play all these young guys and see how they do. I mean, you still have to dress a lot of guys. And sometimes they might be the starting left tackle and he has, and he only goes in if somebody gets hurt. Or, you know, it's not like you can put Cameron Jordan on the practice squad for a week and, you know, call up some guys to play. I mean, it's not easy to, quote, rest everybody at the, in, the, in this league with the way the rosters are built up. I yeah that it's it's it seems easy on the outside sitting in which a lot of decisions I think in the NFL are and it's really easy to second guess teams but in reality it's a much more difficult situation uh pretty much every week every single play call every draft pick than it looks like to us sitting on the couch watching it and, and saying hey what's going on here why aren't you doing this why aren't you doing that it's a lot easier right. to do that which is why we're doing what we're doing right um, of course of course <laughs> real quick like if you have Usually you have four 300-pounders on defense active. Well, and one of those is Chris Jones or Aaron Donald, you want to sit them. Well, then those other guys play a ton of snaps. You know what I mean? Like, the, Or right. your special teams coach is short guys. Like, It's not easy. It is definitely not easy, and, and that's why they're paid the big bucks, and that's why they're fired so often because this is <laughs> right. a wild, wild game that we cover, and that's what makes it so much fun. What do you think about the Saints being favored by 6.5 on the road at the Panthers? I'm going to take the Panthers because I think the Saints, if they don't rest people, at least will late in the game. Mm -hmm. And I still think the Panthers have a lot to play for and are building something there. They're going to go, you know, balls to the walls minus McCaffrey. I think they keep it close as they tend to do. I feel like I've been jinxing the Saints because I was on board with them early in the season, and every time I really go full on board with them, they they show some warts. And so I'm going to go Panthers just to undo my preseason pick of, of the Saints jinx. And so, I'll yeah, I'll take those points with the Panthers in this one. And then I mentioned the Seahawks game. We've got Seahawks at 49ers. Seahawks favored by five and a half. Seahawks are in the playoffs. They've clinched the division. The 49ers are out of the playoffs. They're starting C.J. Beathard at quarterback. They saw a huge boost last week from getting... George Kittle back, uh, both in the run game and the pass game. I mean, they ran all over the Cardinals. Can they do it again against the Seahawks? I have my doubts. Uh, but five and a half points, eh, this is a tough one for me. I'll let you go first. What do you think? Seahawks at Niners. Yeah, I mean, my, I was hoping you'd answer that question. Can they run all <laughs> over Seattle? And I kind of have my doubts, too. I think Seattle's D is pretty good now. But, boy, I like the way the Niners D played last week. And maybe Wilson sits the fourth quarter. So I'll take the points in this one. Ah, This is tough for me because it was a nice little story. It was a nice game last week for the 49ers and C.J. Beathard. And I just don't see that happening again for the 49ers. And it's going to be more difficult this week, I think, to, to stop that Seahawks offense than it was. And Robert Sala, I mean... Robert Sala just keeps throwing out gems, a defensive coordinator. That's why he's one of the hot candidates for head coach around the NFL because of what he's able to do with missing so many pieces on his defense this year. It's going to be harder to keep up against the Seahawks, I think. So I will reluctantly give up the points, as I did last week, 
uh, with the team that was favored against the 49ers. So we'll see if I get that wrong again, because I started the season hot with the Niners, and I've been getting it wrong the second half of the season more often than not. So I'm, I'm out of touch with the my, the team I cover. So um, I, that might continue. We'll see. But I'll give up the points with the Seahawks, who are still trying to play for potentially even a one seed. I want to pull back the curtain again on a little tidbit that happens in the league this time of year. And I'm not implying Sala won't be prepared for this game, but I bet his office door was closed a lot more than it usually is. And why do you say that, Matt? Well, because the Texans are calling them. The Lions are calling them. Like when, when you're a hot coaching candidate or you're in the midst of getting fired, this time of year you see a lot of closed office doors where you didn't for most of the year because they're on a very private call for something else outside the organization. Right. And last year he had his first head coach interview with the Browns before they hired Stefanski. And I believe he was the the runner up there to that job, but he hadn't had any interviews before that. He's probably got his resume and his presentation a little bit more buttoned up. And, you know, when the game ends Sunday, he might be flying somewhere Monday for a job interview. So he needs to right, still right. be somewhat prepared for that. And the, and the 49ers are out of it. Right. So he's, fiddling with his binder and his you know things like that on the side okay let's finish this up next with all of the rest of the games on sunday we'll have to go fast with the rest of the week 17 schedule right here on peacock and williamson you want to have some fun right along with peacock and williamson show and get in on some action yourself wouldn't advise listening necessarily to matt and i this is not an advice podcast this is just how we see things but there's some really fun games in week 17 to finish up the regular season and you can get in on that action at betonline.ag sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code locked on for your 50 percent welcome bonus College football games heading into bowl season, and there are some big matchups in the NFL these last two weekends and, of course, heading into the playoffs. Find the best betting lines and props at betonline.ag. Win yourself a little bit of money. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports experts. Visit our good friends and exclusive partner at betonline underscore AG on Twitter to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and use promo code locked on for your sign up bonus. Betonline.ag. Okay, Matt. Mason Rudolph, where do you think he's at now after sitting behind Ben for another season with the bo- after the debacle of what we saw with him playing quarterback last year for the Steelers? They are at the Cleveland Browns. Browns favored by 10 in this one. Steelers, I think, will rest everybody as much as they absolutely can. I mean, the, the Haywards and Watts and Minkas and Connor and maybe Deontay Johnson and DeCastro and Pouncey. I mean... As much as they possibly can and still field a team, I think they will rest everybody because they really didn't get a bye, and their semblance of a bye was back in, like, week four. So, I mean, they're beat up and tired and old. But I'm going to take them, not because I think Rudolph's great. I think Rudolph's a long-term backup in this league. But the Browns just shut their facility down right before we started taping here on Wednesday because of COVID problems. And their their rookie tight end, Bryant, looks like he's not going to play. He just went on the COVID list. They had all those receivers out last week. They just lost to the Jets. I just think maybe Pittsburgh, big brother, keeps it close. I'm with you on this one. I saw those points, and I thought, you know, you have to pick the Browns here without Big Ben. But 
Uh, I I think that Rudolph won't completely fall on his face to the point where they can keep this within a touchdown and a field goal. Ten points is a lot here with the Browns, and I think it's going to be a low-scoring game, and I think it's going to be close enough to cover those ten points. Yeah, I mean, they're not going to just roll over. These two teams are playing for draft position. Matt, we've got the Vikings at 6-9 and nine at the 5-10 and 10 Detroit Lions, Minnesota favored by 6.5. I can't take the Lions against anybody. Yep. <laughs> I don't need to know anything else. I don't know who they're playing. I trust Vegas to make it a reasonable spread. There's no way I would bet on the Lions. I think they are the most cashed-in team in the league. Right. Yep. Uh, I'm with you on that one. And the you know the David Blouse of the world aren't going to beat the Kirk Cousins of the world. No. Um and it's David Blau. Is that confirmed 100%? Let's double check this. I know Stafford didn't practice today. Okay, he did not practice. Why on earth would he? They're always listed as questionable. So we never know here sitting on a Wednesday. I mean, I don't think Stafford's going to play. Why would they play Stafford, right? And, and we've already seen how bad that Lions team is with Stafford, with David Blau at the helm. Uh, I will also give up those points. And I think the Vikings can win by a touchdown. Let's move on to an interesting one here. This This one nearly made my list. The Jets... At the Patriots, New England at home favored by three points. These teams playing very different ball, and it would be surprising to pick a 2-13 and 13 Jets team over the Patriots, but getting those three points is somewhat enticing, Matt. Yeah, I think I'll take the points. I mean, I expect a very low-scoring game. Kind of like what Darnold's done and the offense in general, starting to turn around a little bit, and the Jets D's been able to... The key is that the Jets D's been able to stop the run, and New England doesn't throw on anybody, so... I think it's a close game. I mean, it's a 17-16 game, 14-13 game, so I'll take the points. Bill Belichick said he expects that Cam Newton is going to start this game, so it won't be Jarrett Stidham there. Uh, the, I think the, the Patriots might Doesn't be angry, sense, but sorry. does it matter? Do they have, they just, you know, the Patriots don't have the bullets we've seen, and, and the Jets ha- oh. are a nice story. Uh, but that said, I expect to bounce back for the Patriots here just a little bit. I think saving face for Bill, saving face for Cam, and let's face it, it's still the Jets that they're playing, and a nice story there for the Jets playing well uh, to end the season, winning a couple games, almost winning a third game there. The over-under is 39.5. It's one of the lowest over-unders we've seen uh, in a bit here. Uh, But I'll go New England, and why not? I'll give up those three points. I wonder how many games this year finish with an over-under of less than 40. Maybe three, four, five. I can recall maybe... Two and this is the second one for sure that we had talked about was like wow okay this one's below forty because it's just not happening anymore. Yeah, actually, I think Arizona Rams is also really low too. Let me double check that at Bet Online thirty nine and a half. Yep. Okay. Yep. There we go. I've not a quarterback. All right. Yep. <laughs> 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 Don't sleep on Wolford, man. Come on. He could be a guy. Next uh, Kurt Warner. Yeah, we'll find out. Let's see. We've got the Falcons at the Buccaneers. The Falcons are uh, four to eleven on the road at the ten and five bucks. Bucks favored by six and a half. Falcons have played team t- teams tough, and t- including the Bucks last time they played the Chiefs last week. Who uh, I don't I don't know that all of a sudden I'm going to anoint Tampa for destroying you know, the terrible Lions last week. Seems like a really good line. This was one of my last choices for the six pack. Give me the Falcons. We agree again, man. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll take those points for the Falcons. The way their defense has turned things around is borderline miraculous right now. Yeah. And no Julio, 
Calvin Ridley's going off for the Falcons. Uh, I think they can at least keep this thing close. I don't know if they're going to win the game, but I'm almost getting to the point where I think Raheem Morris is going to have an opportunity to stick as head coach there with what's gone on with that turnaround. And Jeff Ulbrich as the defensive coordinator, and they're splitting play-calling duties there. Or at least Morris should get some head coaching interviews this offseason if maybe he does stay at the defensive quarter coordinator realm somewhere in the NFL. But, man, uh, what that defense has done is night and day because they were the worst in the league pretty close to the worst in the league, bottom three, bottom four for a lot of the season, and suddenly they're playing really good ball and held and nearly knocked off the Chiefs last week. So impressive what the Falcons are doing nonetheless. And the defense did the exact same thing last year. I think they had a week eight by the first eight weeks. They were horrible on defense. Second eight, they were really good. Which again coincided, I think, with Dan Quinn giving up more duties on defense too. So yeah, I guess that hurts. Something to consider. Uh, That hurts Dan Quinn's job because every time he stopped every time he did less the team got a lot better yes that seems to be a trend we've got the Raiders at Broncos Las Vegas favored by two on the road in Denver this was another one I didn't want to touch yeah I think Denver can play people tough it's always tough in Denver (sighs) yeah I know and I'm thinking too I almost want to take the points the Raiders just you know, after their collapse again, a very kind of like the a, a replay of their 2019 season, just like the Falcons, a replay of their 2019 season, just about right with the way they started hot and fell off, and the the way the the Falcons started really bad and then finished looking much better. The Falcons' record was better last year than it turned out this year, but the Raiders, I think the Raiders went exactly six and two last year too to start and then collapsed. So uh, that's what's going on with the Raiders, the Broncos. Maybe get a little bit of that. Uh, Drew Lock magic throw for some points. And since you're getting points at home for Denver, well coached on defense. Yeah, give me those two points. Why not? Yeah, that's enough for me too. I respect the Vegas offense quite a bit, but I don't respect their defense at all. So in Denver, late in the year, yeah, I'll take I'll take the Broncos. Here's an interesting one. 14 points. The one and fourteen Jaguars at the ten and five Colts. Do the Colts blow out the Jaguars is the question here. I, I'm leaning toward taking all of those points, even though the Jaguars are, are clearly bad and, and did get blown out last week. Yeah, I, I me too. I mean, the Colts D is good, but it's an, it's kind of done the opposite of the Atlanta conversation. Started great, and now it's really fallen off. And I think Jacksonville has some guys. I mean, they're not going to play Robinson, but I'll take the points. I mean, I bet they don't get embarrassed. Colts aren't exactly the team, type of team that wins 40 to nothing. Right, that's my thought there. They're they're not the blow them out type of team. Uh-huh. Uh, they did have one big blowout win, I think, this year. But yeah, uh, it's just that's a lot of points. So I'll, I'll take the points. Why not? Let's have some fun here. In week seventeen, yeah. uh, the Jaguars blew it for me. That was my big, uh, that was my big prediction last week. Was the Jaguars winning outright over the Bears? And they they let me down. They looked good actually early, but then just got their <laughs> doors blown off uh, later in that game. But anyway, let's see if they can keep this one close against the Colts. And they have number one locked up too. So and not not that the players or the coaches were tanking at all, but maybe it's like, okay, let's go. The the fans will because the fans were literally cheering when the Bears were scoring in Jacksonville last week. So that <laughs> that can't that can't help a team's morale, right? Yeah. Maybe they just maybe they're they're a sleeping giant. They know how to win. They got that number one locked up, and they're just going to unleash hell and get this momentum going into next year and just blow the doors off the Colts. I wish it was Gardner Minshew. It's looking like it's going to be Mike Glennon getting yeah. the start again there in Jacksonville, which doesn't make a lot of sense for me. I don't know what Doug Marone's doing because uh, he's not going to have a job in a couple days anyway. Probably. No, you're right. That's a weird feeling. Yeah, that's got to be an odd feeling. You're coaching for what exactly? I guess for pride or for to say, hey, look, I didn't quit on this team. So when you hire me, you know, I won't quit on you. 
Yeah, I got you, Lawrence. Thanks for the next half. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, <laughs> what do we got here? Let's get to Chargers at Chiefs. The Chargers favored by three and a half over the Chad Henney-led Chiefs. Here's another interesting one that, that jumped out to me when I saw it. I thought, okay, let's see what the line does with Noma Holmes. And wow, Chargers on the road favored against the Chiefs. Who else is going to cool. sit for Kansas City is the question. I guess Vegas thinks everybody. I mean, like, no Kelsey, no Hill, no Chris Jones. I'll take Herbert in the points and lay the points. I mean, if, if Kansas City's going to totally sleepwalk through this thing, Chad Henney can't move. He couldn't move when I watched him in high school a million years ago. Um, I think they'll, you know, get, get some pressure on him. That's a weird thing to say, but I'll take the Chargers and give points to the Chiefs. What was your selling point on young Chad Henney when you were trying to get him to go to your school? Um, It's interesting because it's actually not that interesting because there, there was two stud quarterbacks in PA that year, Anthony Morelli and Chad Henney. And everyone in the world thought Henny was going to go to Penn State, where he was right around the corner from. And we thought we had Morelli locked up to go to Pitt. And I guess I could say this. Young Anthony came to Pitt and realized our pro-style passing game was mentally superior to what he thought he could handle. And then mm-hmm. he went and committed to Penn State right away. Henny went to Michigan, and we got none of the above. Interesting. And the fact that uh, I don't know who Anthony Morelli is tells you what happened with his story at Penn State, right. and uh, Chad Henney has carved out a nice little backup career, started a few games there in the NFL. Uh, been around for a really long time, though, man. That's what, that's been 15 really years. Really long time. If I watched you in high school, that's a really long time. <laughs> so Chad Henney wasn't a, wasn't a strip club recruit then, Williamson, right? What was your strip club no. budget? What's that? What was your strip club budget? Um, the guy, the guy saw a good time. I mean, off the air, I can tell you some really good recruiting stories of why people landed, why they, where they did and whatnot. I mean, it was a, an interesting time in my life. Fascinating. I was you, a little younger then too. Right. And you have to, uh, like there's a lot of psychology involved. You have to figure out who the kid is and which route to take that. Right. Yes. You know what the rule of thumb though, of recruiting is What's get that? mom on your side. Okay. If mom says yes. You got a really good chance. If mom is comfy, letting sunny boy go to your protection for the next four or five years, you're in a pretty good shape. Okay, I like that. Yeah, get mom on your side. All about mom. All right, here we go. Let's go to, this is the last one. Let me double check. We, we, we've missed some games before, so I want to double check that we've covered all these games. Yeah, we've got te- Titans at Texans is the last one here. Tennessee on the road, favored by seven and a half points against the Deshaun Watson-led 4-11 and Texans. I. What I don't know, and I feel like I should know, I kind of ignored this game. Can Tennessee rest anybody? I mean, I know they're they're a little bit in a, a difficult situation, right? The they're so they're currently the four seed. They're yeah. leading the division. They have the tiebreaker over Indy based on uh, the win percentage in division games, but they don't I'll have the division, they division. They don't have the division clinched. Mm-hmm. But I believe they do have a playoff spot clinched. I think so. Every, but everybody's ten and five, so I take that back. Everybody's ten and five. So if everybody wins and they lose, then they're out of the playoffs because that would mean they have ten wins and everybody else has eleven. Miami has yeah, ten wins. Enough, right? Baltimore has so ten wins. Win. Cleveland has ten wins. Indy has ten wins. Although this is a four o'clock game, and if somebody happened to lose in the one o'clock slate, 
they could chill, but I'm sure that I, I would imagine they would win the division. So essentially, Post yeah. The if the, are the Colts playing early or late? The Colts the are Colts. also playing late. So that won't, because yeah. if the Colts lose, then the Titans win the division because they have the tiebreaker anyway. So they're in for sure. So the Titans definitely want to win and win the division, be the four seed, because then if they, if the Titans lose and the Colts win, that means they, the Colts win the division. And then the Titans are, are fighting all the rest of those teams for, uh, they they first of all drop all the way down to the seven seed probably, and they're fighting all those other teams for a wild card spot instead of winning the division. So the division is huge here in this game. So Colts and Titans absolutely have something to play for, and they're playing at the same time. So smart by the by the uh, schedule makers there to have them both playing the afternoon well game. Okay, so I think Derrick Henry runs for two hundred and eighty yards, and they win by ten or fourteen. By the way, Derrick Henry needs two hundred and twenty three yards, I think it is, to get to two thousand rushing yards this season. And oh by the way, he's run for two hundred yards the last two times he's played against the Texans. Yeah. Um, it's a perfect matchup for him. Win the rushing title two years in a row. Yeah, I'll I'll lay the points. I'm with you. I'll lay the points. The the Titans beat up on the Texans, run all over them. Deshaun Watson has a nice big day for week seventeen, even though your fantasy seasons are over okay good stuff matt that is the week 17 schedule all the games playing on sunday a lot to play out with some draft position after the number one spot and the number two spot and a lot to be played out with those playoff seeds so let's have fun watch football sunday and then on tomorrow's program chris Raybon of the Action Network will join Matt and I to make his six-pack of best bets for the final time, and then we'll see who was victorious, who had the most correct picks over the course of the season. Was it Peacock and Williamson representing the Locked On Podcast Network or Chris Raybon representing the Action Network? Stay tuned for that tomorrow right here, Peacock and Williamson.